just kind of feel in my heart, feel in my spirit that the body uh, will be blessed by what God's put on my heart today. And I would ask you all to join me in Luke chapter 7, starting with the uh, 11th verse. And as those of you who have your Bibles are turning there, uh, please join me in a brief word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I uh, can't thank you enough for who you are, who you've revealed yourself to be. And, and I can't thank you enough for your faithfulness to us, your great love, your great mercy. Lord, I thank you that you are for us and not against us. As the song said, thank you, Father God, that, um, that you are our victory. Thank you that you can turn even the most difficult circumstances around for our good. So, Lord, as the, as, uh, Lord, as the word is about to go forth, uh, I finally thank you for preparing our hearts to receive it. And I pray, Father God, that this word is planted on good soil that will yield abundant fruit for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 7, uh, starting at the 11th verse, I'm going to be preaching from the title that I that I felt led to uh, preach on today is blessed are those who mourn. And in today's story in this Bible, we're going to, we're going to see the mourning of a widow and how Jesus ministers in her life and in her situation. 11 verse says soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. So, Let's talk briefly about her situation here. Her only son just died. Not only that, she's a widow. The Bible does not say that she knew of Jesus necessarily. It does not say she sought him out. She did not ask for him to come and heal her son to stop him from dying. I don't know if it was a sudden thing. Uh, I don't know what the cause of his death is. We just know that he died. Her precious child is gone. All hope is lost concerning her child. Her only son would have been her provider in that community because her husband is dead. So she's in a terrible state of affairs. What will become of her with no husband to provide for her because he's already died? And her only son who has taken on that responsibility has now suffered the same fate. So 
she's, she's got two problems going on here. She's got the worry and concern about what her future is going to look like. But she, I, what I know, being her being a mother, the priority issue for her is the mourning and grieving. The loss of the son that she gave birth to. So she's grieving and probably filled with anxiety, all of those things. How many of you know life doesn't fit it doesn't allow us to just fit conveniently just one emotion at a time. You know, we don't get to experience things in vacuums or in isolated fact. We have a lot of stuff hitting us at the same time. We got to worry about the guilt from our past. We got to worry about the here and now and what's to come. So she's got an uncertain future now. But in the present She's mourning. Many of us here know what mourning is about. We've lost loved ones, be they grandparents, parents, children. We know what it means to mourn, and those of us who don't yet know, we'll know soon enough. We'll be able to relate to what it means to mourn. And when the Lord saw her, say that with me, and when the Lord saw her, this really ministered to me Sometimes, if you ever had that situation where you've read a passage of scripture many times, but when you read it at a certain time in your life or on a certain day, all of a sudden, a particular line in that same passage jumps out at you in a way it had not jumped out before. Like I said, I don't know if this woman knew the Lord. I don't know if she'd heard the stories and so forth. She wasn't seeking him. She was in her grief. She was in her mourning. But the Lord saw her. And that got me to reflecting back on moments in my life where I thought I was alone. Where I thought no one could relate, no one cared. And then looking back on it, I'm able to see where Jesus was in that moment in my life and see that he saw me when I thought no one saw me. He was there for me when I thought no one was. Amen? And I don't know what you've got going on today in your life, but I want you to know Jesus sees you where you're at. You probably don't know which way is up, left from right, you're probably not even necessarily crying out to him right now because so heavy is the grief that you're wearing. But Jesus sees you. And when he saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. (laughs) 
know that what he said was out of compassion because the Bible says it was out of compassion, but that can be taken offensively because she's in her mourning. She loved that boy. Why would she not weep? Jesus knows what he's about to do, but she doesn't. But he comes to her to comfort her. You didn't ask me to be here, and I had somewhere I needed to be. But I saw you and what you were going through, and I had compassion. He seeks her out through the crowd and tells her lovingly and compassionately, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Now, everybody else there is thinking, hey, this thing's a done deal. All that's left is the burying. But Jesus comes, says, don't weep. touches the beer and says, young man, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has arisen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, and John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to, say, to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And in that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind received their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended by me. You know, there's so much that can be brought to the surface in this story, but I just think the heart of it, I mean, the heart of Jesus is really what I love to focus on in these passages. In this passage, we have a woman who is grieving in the natural, the loss of a loved one. It's understandable. It's expected. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
You know, it doesn't really feel blessed to mourn. I don't really feel blessed when I have to mourn. Anybody, does anybody feel blessed in the middle of your mourning? Anybody, I'm willing to give you the mic because I want to hear what you have to say. Why would he say blessed are those who mourn? Because the mourning itself isn't blessed. The promise in it is that they shall be comforted. I guess from having experienced the the grief and mourning myself, I've come to realize something. I don't know if it's just because I'm a man or it's just because of the hard situations that my my family grew up in and, and we just had to, we adopted this attitude of we don't have time to mourn. We got to get through this. It's another hit. We, we, we can't wallow in this. Things have to get done. And it was viewed as self-pity sometimes, and we didn't want to wallow in that. But, a lot of, but oftentimes in that situation, we really didn't allow ourselves to mourn. And I feel like there are, the blessing comes through the morning. The morning itself isn't the blessing. But the morning results in the blessing. Why do you how how can I explain this? Allowing ourselves to mourn and weep. Allowing ourselves to to, to, to grieve something allows uh, the, the Lord to really meet us at the point of that need. It allows us to be vulnerable. It allows us to yield our inadequacies and inabilities and reminds us that all of our sustainability comes from the Lord. It allows other people to be there for us. It allows us to Lean on relationship and the strength of others in our times of weakness. There is community that occurs in mourning. There is the fellowship of sufferings of Jesus that that, that allows us to relate to him in our mourning. You don't necessarily have to be, go through tribulation or or be beaten or imprisoned in order to be identified with the fellowship of his sufferings. And I'm sorry for the sloppy definition here, but I, I can only express it. I'm just letting it come out as it, as it is in there. And uh, it's not refined and polished, but...
I, I want us to all put ourselves into the position of this woman. You may not have lost a loved one. Maybe you have a sick loved one. Maybe you have a loved one who's addicted. Maybe you have, you know, a loved one that's on the path of destruction, and that person, you know, uh, you, 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 you are worried and concerned about the well-being of that individual. And as they're on their roller coaster, you mourn for them. And maybe you feel like how do I want to say this? This woman literally lost her son. But I kind of want to expand our paradigm a little bit. This woman literally lost her son. But I want to speak to loved ones and friends here. You may be grieving and mourning over someone who is still alive, but you feel like, you feel like you've lost them. It feels like, it feels like they're dead. It feels like it's over. There's a finality there. There's nothing in the, there's nothing that I can see and observe that gives me reason to hope that things can be different. And you're mourning that. And, and believe me, I know how despairing that can be. But because I've experienced it, I know how important it is to turn to turn it and yield it to the Lord. Not to yield to this, to not to go by sight, but to walk by faith. Not to allow those circumstances to, to make you forget about the promises of God, but staying strong and firm and, and, and declaring and believing and standing on the promises of God. This woman was grieving. Jesus shows up without her asking, and he does a miracle for her. It's the only one that I can recall someone not asking him to do. There was a woman with the issue of blood who, you know, she just, she was going to get her miracle. She just said, if I can just touch him with his garment, and she crawled, and she did whatever she had to do, touched him, and, 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 and she got healed. I just wanted to encourage you today that in your morning, Jesus sees you. In your morning, he has compassion on you. In your morning, he has the ability and desire to touch the person you're mourning over. And, and call to life. that loved one who is walking in darkness. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I'm also not ignorant to the fact that that verse, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted, isn't just about 
mourning over natural circumstances. Just like that mother grieved, cried, sobbed, grievously mourned over the loss of her son. God wants us to mourn like that over something else. I'm not trying to be mysterious here, and I'm going to go out and say it. That scripture from Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, is a, it's a beatitude. Jesus is preaching on the mountaintop. He's preaching to his disciples. And he starts off with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. You know, we cannot receive God without acknowledging our own spiritual poverty. Our own insufficiency, our own lack, our own inability. That's what the law was designed to do, to get us to the point to realize that we are spiritually poor. What we need spiritually, we're going to have to rely on God giving it to us. So we do not have the ability to earn it. We are spiritually poor. We are spiritually in poverty. Total lack. And then he follows it up by saying, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Spiritual lack and mourning. And so... God wants us to mourn over our sin or wherever it is that we're not walking with him right. In whatever way we're not pleasing him, he does not, you know, he does not want us to explain it away, justify it away, uh, have some kind of way that we're indifferent about it. We are to, we are to mourn over it. Notice I didn't say self-condemnation. Why did I start this story today? I wanted to get a picture in our minds of this woman who's a widow and now is bearing a child, her only son. And those of you who know loss, those of you who know mourning, I want you to relate to her there, what it felt like. When you lost a precious loved one. What you longed for. What you reminisced about. All the emotional stages that you went through in that process of mourning. There were times where you were practically inconsolable. Blessed are those who mourn, for they 
shall be comforted. So if we acknowledge our own spiritual poverty and mourn to be and mourn our condition, you know what that leads us to? It produces a that's the heart that's necessary in order for there to be true repentance. It's true. I don't have to say, I don't have to hear an amen, but I know it's true. 2 Corinthians 7, verses 9 and 10 say this, As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. But godly grief, godly mourning produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. So this this passage here is a dual focus here. The, the main text today is dealing with the real situation in someone's life. It's a natural issue. And in most cases, there's nothing that can be done when somebody, when it's somebody's time to die, it's somebody's time to die. It makes it a little easier if we know that they knew the Lord and they're going to be in eternity with God and we're going to see them today, uh, one day and we're going to join them there. It's more despairing if we know that they don't know the Lord. And sometimes we get so desperate in wanting our loved ones to come to the Lord. You're right. We, we engage in desperate acts <laughs> trying to produce some change in their hearts. But you know there's only one who can produce the change in our hearts. And the harder we try to work and make it happen, the the more we lose control because it's just not God's order of things. So I, I just want to encourage you today concerning loved ones who are either struggling or don't know the Lord. You may be like this mother in name, and you have a child who may be spiritually dead, and you're mourning. You pray for this child. You believe God for this child. You've been waiting a long time for God to move on this child, and yet the child continues to take wrong step after wrong step after wrong step. And, and, and you're mourning this dead child. And Jesus sees. He hears your prayers. He's working on your child in ways you may not be able to see right now. And I'm saying child, but it could be spouse. It could be parent. Whoever it is, for you. I don't know who needed to hear this this morning and if it falls flat and doesn't minister to anybody then it was on the messenger not on the Lord. But I just you know I, 
I know the realities of life. And as a parent, I know the issues and, that we go through with our children and, and the fears concerning them and the worries concerning them and, and f- what it feels like to feel like you're losing them. <laughs> and that's probably why I'm focusing on the parent angle because, you know, we've got two out of the house now and one with one foot out the house and another one probably longing for the day she can be out of the house. And, uh, you know, and we're just endeavoring to walk there with God as best we can. And, and I, you know, I felt like God really ministered to, ministered to me, and, and I felt like this would minister to a number of you out there. That the kind of mourning... That's going to be needed. Just think about the mourning that it took for you to give your heart to Jesus. The conviction of your sin. The, when you realized that you could not go forward any longer the way you were living your life. The sins that used to not bother you. God got a hold of your heart and, and produced a disdain for those things that led to a godly repentance. Right? It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And I think a lot of times, the longer we've been saved, we lose sight of that concerning our loved ones that don't know the Lord, what it's going to take for them to get to know him. They're going to have to encounter him the way we encountered him. They're going to have to be dealt with by him the way we were dealt with by him. And so we can still be in an attitude of faith, with beyond, uh, uh, regardless of the circumstances. God, I know your salvation. I know your goodness. I know how you worked in my life, and I'm going to trust you to work in my loved one's life. We serve a good God. We serve a loving God. We serve a faithful God. And so I don't want you to be weary in well-doing. I don't want you to uh, be weary in trusting God for God to do a transformative work in the heart of your loved one. Believe that God will do the same work he did in you. Are you hearing me today? And, and, and lastly, I want to personalize it. No new scriptures, no new material. But lastly, I want to challenge us all not to just do that on behalf of someone else. But I want to stress to you the importance of you mourning your own sin. David had a heart after God's own heart. Not because he did everything that God wanted him to do. He endeavored to do that. He said, thy word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. But you know what? 
proved that he had a heart after God's own heart is when David was confronted with his sin, he mourned it. His heart grieved over him displeasing God. His heart grieved over doing that which was in disobedience or rebellion toward God. And he wanted to be in right fellowship with the Lord. Are you hearing me? And I would not be loving you well pastorally if I did not challenge you to do the same. Is the blessing there. If you mourn, you will be comforted. Because mourning is going to lead to a God, that, that godly grief, that mourning leads to repentance. Now, repentance, restoration. Healing. Life. Fruitfulness. There's a lot going on today where we justify ungodly actions, but we use other people to justify it. Because they, I do this because they. It's okay for me to say this because they. And, and I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not talking about unbelievers. And I, gotta, I got to speak to that because you're using the wrong standard. That's not God's standard. Well, I, I, I'm glad you're being faithful to your spouse and not cheating on him or her. I'm glad you're doing a good job raising your, raising your children and so forth. But what about your heart? towards your neighbor? What about your heart towards those who have offended you? What, what, what about your heart to uh, community members who don't believe the way that you believe? What about your heart there? Because you need to grieve and mourn it, uh, the fact that your heart is in sin before God if your heart attitude isn't in obedience and pleasing to him. I'm sorry I'm not putting a smile on faces today. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, but the truth is the truth. And I'd rather give you truth that's going to be a blessing to you, that's going to edify you and build you up, and it's going to help you be the witness for Christ in the earth that you're supposed to be. You know, uh, we're supposed to be a city set on a hill. We're supposed to be a light in the darkness, right? And so, listening to this, embracing it, applying yourself to it, allows you to be that light. Allows you to be the ambassador and the witness for Christ that you ought to be. And so, when you feel challenged in these things, when you hear the word of God go forth, don't dismiss it. Don't excuse yourself. Don't give yourself a pass. What you need to do is realize, oh, I do not think like that. But God wants me to. Oh, my gosh. I, oh, God. I, I, you know, you had that repentant heart. Oh, God. 
I am not where you want me to be, and I am not satisfied with that. I do not accept that. My heart is to please you. My heart is to walk with you in spirit and in truth. My heart is to represent you well in the earth. And I'm not doing that because my heart has gotten cold and hard towards X person or persons. I've allowed these personal battles to cause me to develop my own standard of what's acceptable and what isn't. And Lord, but you are confronting that. Your word has laid bare my sinful attitude and my sinful heart. And oh, I grieve over that, God. And, I, I, and Lord, by your grace, help me. You know, uh, help me overcome that. I choose to be obedient to you, God, by your grace, by the work of your spirit, help me walk in what I choose. You said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Lord, I choose to serve you. I'm going to ask you to stand. Lord, I choose to serve you. I had something else that I was going to share, but I felt in the last 24 hours or so, God put this on my heart. And I pray that despite the imperfection of the messenger, I pray that the heart of what God wanted you to hear was conveyed and received on good soil. You are precious. You are beloved. You are the chosen of God, a royal priesthood. You are sons and daughters of God. If you have declared Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, if you haven't done that, I want you to know God still chose you. He's called you to salvation, He's called you to repentance. Jesus died on the cross for you. And that same gift of salvation is available for you. Will you choose it? Oh God. Thank you. just want you to close your eyes where you're standing right now. Just kind of meditate on the goodness of God and, and 
It's really the simple message that God has uh, inspired me to share with you today concerning the morning. In the natural, when you mourn, God is there for you. In your grieving, bring yourself into remembrance how much Jesus loves you, how much he's done for you. Your straying loved ones, stay in an attitude of faith. Trust God. Entrust them to God, the one who's faithful. He reached you. He'll reach them. Don't let them distract you from mourning over your own sin. continuing to lay your own heart your own attitudes your own carnality at the feet of Jesus and yield it to him Lord Jesus I thank you for mourning our own waywardness. I thank you for grieving over us. I thank you for pouring yourself out for us, for giving your all for us. I thank you for weeping for us, for loving us enough that while we were in our sin, you were compelled to go to the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you that that same love that compels you to go to the cross for us compels you to intercede for us daily. You love us that much. And Lord, I would encourage Christian family members here today who may have family members who are not believers. Encourage them not to fret, not to be in fear and doubt and unbelief by the God, but to stay in an attitude of faith. Not to lose sight of how you're working in their lives. Not to lose sight of your voice as you're calling them and directing them according to your will. Let them not be so focused on the son or the daughter or the husband or the wife or or the brother or the sister. Let them not be so focused on that that they're not hearing you. 
how you're speaking into their own lives and how you wanted to direct them, Lord. Lord, I don't know what you have, what the future holds, and you didn't call me to know that. I just know you love us dearly. I know your promises are yes and amen. I know you're faithful. And I know that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So I pray that you would convict us, Lord. Change our thoughts just right now in this moment. Let us forget the faults of others. Let us put on the shelf our concerns about our loved ones. And let each and every person here today lay themselves bare before you right now and just say, Lord, deal with me. Reveal my heart to me. You know, I'm just going to have you all to repeat this after, uh, repeat this after me. Uh, it's pretty short. Say, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I yield to you. Lord, reveal my heart to me. Even the secret sins of my heart. Bring them to the surface. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank you all for bearing with me today. And uh, I pray that in some way the Lord spoke to you today. Morning, blessed are the mourners. If you mourn over your sin, it will lead you to repentance. And you will be comforted. And you will be blessed. Be ye holy as the Lord your God is holy. When you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself out to the name of Christ, you have a responsibility to live a life that's an accurate reflection of who he is. Right? And, and, and I call you to that. I encourage you in that. And I commend you in that, because I am proud of the members of this church, of, the, uh, of this church. God didn't give me to be pastor over every church. Thank the Lord over this church. 
I commend you because I've known and I've seen the growth in many of you. And it just, it blesses my heart because I know it's not a work that I have done. Right? We've got great leaders here. It's not a, it's not a work that I have done or we have done collectively. It's the work of the Lord in you. The work that you've allowed the Lord to do in you. You've made choices. You've made decisions to honor God. And you have realized the blessing that have come with that. You have given yourself to God and you have seen him be faithful to you. Continue in that. Continue. Persevere. Persist in it. That God be fully glorified. In and through you. There's a lot of people walking in darkness that needs what you have. And you don't know when that moment might occur. When you may be the one that God uses to bring that person to the Lord that son to the Lord that whose, whose mother thought he was dead. You may be the one God uses or turns a mother's mourning into gladness. And a mother or father's mourning into gladness because they've been praying for years that God would get a hold of their kid and, and, and your faithfulness to God God was able to entrust you with closing the deal. Amen? And how many want, how many even want that, tes that testimony? How many even want to be that person? Amen? Amen. And I, and, and, and I believe that we're going to start seeing that in abundance, and God's going to be using you that way. So praise the Lord. Love you. God bless you. You guys have a wonderful week.